Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grand Man Watch Kid Shit. It's me, TJ, and I'm here with the not-so-little one, Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? Ah, uh, blown the wind at it again. Hey, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you could be adopted by any movie or TV show parents, which one would they be? Mm. Movie or TV show parents. That's tough. That's really tough because I'd want it to be someone who could like teach me something, give me something like, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. I got to pick somebody. I got to pick somebody? got to pick it, man. That's the way these questions work, bro. Okay. You know what? Um, um, it'd be someone rich then. It'd be, you know what? Tony Stark. Tony Stark adopt me. Okay. Because then, technically, even if I technically that counts because he, he he is a parent. He is a parent yeah. by the end. So yeah. And then like, I like I like I don't even have even have to have superpowers, right? You could make something for me, so I could be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, Tony Stark, Tony Stark, and Pepper Potts. Okay. What about you? All right. What's that? What about you? Oh, there's nothing wrong with the parents I got, TJ. Good God. Oh my God. Okay. Well. <laughs> No one a goddamn set up. Uh man. Um no, I uh I I don't know. Probably probably for the same reasons as you, like Bruce Wayne's parents. Mm-hmm. But I'd also be like, hey, let's not go see that play. <laughs> you know? I think here's I think I'd 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 wanna be I'd wanna be like a kid to like tragic parents like if i could be adopted by like you know i'd be like hey bambi's mom let's just not go eating right now you know what i mean or or hey if i was adopted by like james's parents from james and giant peach i'd be like let's not fuck with those clouds you know True. or, or whatever True. it is or what kills them is it clouds that kill them what I don't even remember. A rhinoceros or some shit. But I know in the movie, it's like a, a rhinoceros. Problem. So if I could somehow be adopted by parents, it sure as hell wouldn't be the parents from this movie because they don't fuck with humans. Um, but and that, this movie that we're talking about is Stuart Little, which here's, here's the question I have for you, Jordan. Oh, you got a question for me, huh? I sure do. What was your like run-in with Stuart Little? Like, did you did you watch Stuart Little when it first came out? No, in like this is the first time I've seen it. This is the first time I've seen it. Here's the thing: my little sister was into this movie. Um, really, my my biggest experience with Stuart Little was she had um, an RC car, and that was Stuart Little in that little red car. And you know, we'd fucking you know race it around 
the house and stuff. I got in trouble because I drew uh, flames on it with the Sharpie. Um, but that was, that was it. Didn't see the movie. Didn't care about it. Couldn't really care about the, the source material. Didn't really do anything for me. And it's crazy. You think it would, because as someone who was adopted, you think I'd be like all into this stuff, but I was like, nah, you never even read the book. No. Which begs the question, like, why do we do this movie? But I, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, you know, okay. So the reason <laughs> the reason we did this movie is because, like, okay, well, I was like eleven when this movie came out. Yeah, this was like I watched the shit out of this movie. Did you really? Yeah, like it, it was in like every freaking classroom ever, and like all sorts of stuff. And like, I think this is the movie. I confused this movie a lot with what was that movie? The Littles or the bar, the Borrowers? The is borrowers? the Borrowers the one? What is what's the Littles? The Littles sounds like it's familiar though. Yeah, I, I think it might be the Borrowers. I think I was just like in this mode of like, oh, things in like a small world are interesting to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the Littles. It was like a TV show. These these little motherfuckers right here. See them? These yeah, little mouse-looking people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it... Yeah, I was like, I, I do remember seeing the levels as a kid. Um, and so there's something about, like, tiny people doing things that, like, I was all about, right? And which... I think the borrowers did that to me as well. Do um, you remember the borrowers? Is that... Um, people who go around like borrowing shit. Yeah, but they're tiny as well. <laughs> but they're tiny. So you're into like you're 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 into tiny people. You're into you're into you know. I, I, I think it's less of that. It's kind of like the fascination that comes with watching Ratatouille, which I'm surprised we haven't done that movie yet. The yeah, we need to Ratatouille. The, you know, the fascination with uh, Ratatouille is that. It's like seeing the world through this different perspective where things oh, that, sure. right? The things that aren't yeah. dangerous to us are then amplified and dangerous right. to this. Degree. I mean, those were, yeah, those were the best parts about honey. I shrunk the kid. I mean, every, yeah. every person of our generation is like, man, when they hit that Oreo up in that yard, you know, it's like, yeah. Like I forgot how much I, I love the honey. I shrunk the kids like movies. I'm saying right now, we should, just as we did with Jumanji, we should do a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. Okay, but there's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Honey, Honey, we shrunk ourselves, Honey, I blew up the baby. Remember Mm -hmm. all of those. By the time we get to Honey, we blew up the baby, there was just poor script right there. There's this scene that I remember precisely. This one kid, he has a potassium deficiency, so he faints. And they're like, give him a banana. And this whole scene, yeah. they put the banana in his mouth and force him to chew, as if potassium enters the body that quickly. I was just like, mm, mm, mm. okay. But if your sister was in love with this movie, how did you get away? Uh, uh, um, with not seeing it. So when did this movie? This movie came out at a time. I don't, I think maybe like my mom had probably taken her to go see it. Um, what, what was this late nineties, early two thousands? When did this movie? 99. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, my mom taking her to seen it and, um, you know, 
she just kind of, I didn't go with them. And I remember she had this on VHS and she would watch this in her room. You know, we both had TVs in our rooms. Yeah. I just didn't, I never, I never, I never bothered with it. I mean, I'm sure I saw bits and pieces of it. You know what I mean? Like throughout, mm-hmm. cause I'm sure there were plenty of times where she, you know, bring, uh, bring it out to the living room and watch it out there. But, um, on our 27 inch Sony Trinitron, um, we oh, had, yeah, living, our, yeah, our living room TV, it was that old cabinet TV. You know what I'm talking about? It was like, they mm-hmm. had like the wood mm-hmm. grain sides and it had a built in, uh, little shelf and we had our little VCR in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just never, and I, I never really cared to watch it. And also, also for some reason, like this movie, cause we were going to do another movie, but we, we decided not to do that one. And then we were looking at stuff and I was like, Stuart Little, like I'd never seen it. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, my kids have never asked about it. Like it's, it's, I just wanted to see how it would do. You know what I mean? Like, what's this movie all about? Is this a movie that's worth, you know, worth it, worth our yeah, time? I mean, I mean and the, I think that the issue is, um, I think that the issue is that this is a pretty good cast, right? I mean, we got Nathan Lane, we got freaking um, Hugh Laurie. We got uh, what's his face? Uh, we got Michael J. Fox, right? Michael J. Fox is the mouse. I thought was fantastic casting, um, right? And so, like the, Gina the, Davis. Gina Davis always has my heart because of uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, like, I will like, always, I will always love Gina Davis. This is one of those movies that, like, on paper. The cast works, you know what I mean? And I think Michael J. Fox is is greatest to a little. I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there. There's there's a level of there's a level of um, how do I say late nineties, early two thousand celebrity attached to this film. Right? And I always feel like that bodes one of two ways. And I feel like I can speak to this right now because uh, we are watching. We are recording this days after the Super Mario animated film by DreamWorks. The cast has been announced. Did, did you hear about this casting, Jordan? Yeah, I like that casting. I don't know why people what? are all up in arms. Yeah, I like that casting. I cannot I hear Chris Pat say it's me, Mario, to save his goddamn life. Why not? Do what? something different with it. The voice actor who does Mario and has done Mario for literally decades is in this movie, but he's not playing Mario. That blows my mind. Maybe he's tired of doing it. Who knows? No, he's actually in the movie as a Listen, multitude they, of other characters. Yeah, but I mean, they gotta they gotta market it. You know what I mean? Like they gotta. It's a business decision, and I think I think having okay, Chris who Pratt, is the voice of Sonic? Uh, Ben Sh- was it Schwartzman? Yeah, how many people? How many children know Ben Schwartz? Oh, it's Schwartz, not Schwartz. Oh, Jason Schwartzman, and then Ben Schwartz. I got the last names yeah. confused. But how many kids? Um, I don't know. Probably not many. That's what I'm saying. I honestly think it's Nintendo being like, yo, we cannot have what happened with the live action Mario. Like, we cannot let that happen again. We need asses in seats and we need, you know, 
I don't know. I like it. I like I like Jack Black as Bowser. Jack Black um, as Bowser is going to be fun. I think it's I think it's going to work. Uh, who else? I know it's just it, it's not. Who's Luigi again? Uh, the dude from It's Always Sunny. Uh, oh, Charlie Day. I, yeah, I yeah. think. Like that here's one I the thing. Don't mind. It's just Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> then I'm all like, this feels. Let's let him. Let's let him do something different with it. You know, like I don't necessarily need to hear. Like I don't need to hear Chris Pratt. I don't need to hear Chris Pratt trying to mimic the Mario voice. I want to hear what Chris Pratt's Mario. Is I'm like. gonna. I'm gonna let you know something and uh, why I disagree vehemently with that statement. The individual who opened SpongeBob the Musical on Broadway, right? Hear me out. Follow. Follow me on this. He was, I, he, was, he was on NPR talking about the audition process and stuff like that. And he said that he went into the room and he was like, you know what? They don't want the same old SpongeBob, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do my own thing and all this other stuff. And he did it. And they're like, yeah, oh, that's great. But can you make SpongeBob's voice? <laughs> like, can you do this thing right now? And to me, at the core of it, there's, there's two franchises in the Nintendo canon that are entry levels to oh, three franchises that are entry level to Nintendo products, Pokemon, Kirby and Mario. And like, just like you can't mess up Kirby's Kirby, right? Like if that changes, people are going to be like, the fuck is happening. Right. I feel like there are enough video games that come out yearly with Mario's voice that, it feels jarring and almost incorrect if Chris Pratt wasn't going to try to simulate that kind of vocal inflection to some degree. Now, for all I know, he might have an amazing Mario impersonation, but yeah, I just I think it'd be a bad choice to stray too far away from that. True, but like, what lines are you talking about? You're talking about, it's me, Mario, the occasional thank you for playing my game, and a bunch of, oh, ah, ah, like... We're talking about a movie that's going to have actual dialogue. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, Super Mario, uh, Super Mario sixty four. So long, Again. Bowser. So long, bro. King Bowser. Stuff like that. Bro. I mean, like, bro. No, listen. there's a cadence to it. <laughs> We're gonna... There's a cadence. There's a cadence. <laughs> We're gonna... no. Listen. There's, like, there's a cadence. Chris Pratt is a proven voice actor. You know what I mean? Like he can fucking do it. And like, just give him a shot. You know, every everyone cried foul when Heath Ledger was cast as Joker. You know what I mean? Everyone, what do you mean? Who? Look back on it, dude. Everyone, they're like, "What are you doing?" He's not, you know, whatever. Like, just give him a shot. Let's talk about it after. I, I'm, I'm excited about the casting. I think it's cool. I do think. Who knows? Chris Pratt might try and might have, like you say, a, a, a spot on Mario impersonation. Or he might who try to do his own thing. Okay, what voice acting gigs of Chris Pratt's were you just like, whoa? Besides Elliot from the Lego Movie, which sounds like Chris Pratt. I'm, no, I'm just saying, like, he's he's an actor. <laughs> and right? I asked you a direct question. <laughs> what, else, what, what else has Chris Pratt voice acted in? That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I, th- there, to me, there is not enough. Uh, there is not enough proven stuff there. Oh, he was in, he was I mean, in Onward. He was Bart. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was like, I knew there was, a, I knew there was another one. Um, here's the thing, and he he sounded like Chris Pratt in that too. I don't know, Here, like, you see what I mean? I just think when you, but he's he's also like a trained actor, and I'm sure you know he's wanting to do his best to bring. I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a Mario that sounds like Chris Pratt. I don't think that. 
Okay. I think we're getting a Mario that has the offensive Italian, you know what I mean, cadence that you're talking about. No, this. Uh, done if, by Chris if, Pratt. If I get a Mario that sounds like Chris Pratt, I'm flying to your house and I'm going to throw Italian sausages at your window until you apologize. Do you realize how fucking offensive that's? <laughs> The only reason I'm doing that is because I know that they come in packs of six at H-E-B yeah. for like four dollars. <laughs> like, no, I, I think I think I th- I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Okay. Um, you could be you know, hopeful, just like you was hopeful that that you would like Stuart Little. I was curious if I was going to like Stuart Little, but I'm <laughs> no, hopeful. Who are the other ones? Who are the other ones? Let's let's run down. Let's run down the cast. So it's Charlie Day. Je- who's uh, who's Peach? Who's that again? Uh, what is her name? All I know is that when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I I think. Okay, you know what else feels weird? Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be, well, I don't know, maybe, but, so Seth Rogen has voiced Kumba. this movie, too. Oh, cranky! Oh, I think Fred Armisen is cranky. Kong. I like the fact that we're bringing the Kongs in here. Yeah, um, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. I think that's awesome. I think it's gonna it's yeah. gonna kill. Yeah. That's gonna. I, kill. I think this gonna be great. Oh, Sebastian Maniscalco is gonna voice like I think that's cool too. Um, I love how having an actual Italian in there, not voicing an Italian. I don't know. I I I, I think it's gonna be fun. What is um, what is Chris Pratt's lineage? Do we know? I'm uh, judging judging by the lack of vowel at the end of his name, not a tap. You just white. <laughs> white. Um, he white. So, yeah, we'll talk about Sue a little later. Whatever. Ooh, um, but yeah, <laughs> this, I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I think it'll be kind of cool. Well, I'm, okay. Uh, I'm interested. This, this brings us back to, Oh, sorry. Real quick, I was going to say Seth Rogen talking about uh, voice acting Donkey Kong. Uh, I think he's proven that we're just going to get a Donkey Kong that sounds like Seth Rogen. Because 100%. I think I think studios are like, no, but people like the Seth Rogen voice and the Seth Rogen laugh. So do that, but you're a big ape. Anyway, you're, you're going to say this brings us back to what? Yeah, but you know, th- this brings me to the general thing that we've talked a lot about is like adaptation from some other medium into film. Right. I think that, you know, we had the same conversation we talked about Sonic and how there's a certain voice for, for Sonic that was expected, even just from those little lines like the I'm waiting and stuff like that. Right. We had an expectation of what Sonic was going to sound like. I think those expectations were met. I think that, uh, this cast for Stuart Little was a hundred percent built around Michael J. Fox first. It had to have been. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, Michael J. Fox as um, as this mouse, it's great. it's endearing. I mean, it's 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 really really charming. Um, and you really do like you want to scoop this little white mouse up and be like, man, I'm gonna take care of you. You know, like you're you're a. But like, can I just say, like, the movie's f- fucking boring, dude. It is. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to why it is. But you know, I think that the other thing that has always has always been a question of mine even as a kid was like why do they adopt a mouse as opposed to a child but in the book 
he is not a mouse. He is a child who's so small, and he has mouse-like features. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I didn't know that. So, in the book, can he talk to the cat? I think so. Because that was the thing in the movie. I was like, so the mouse can talk and they can hear him. The mouse can talk to the cat, but for some reason they can't hear the cat. I mean, there's a lot of rules of the world that, you know, a burden question. But we're not here for that. I have, I do have one other question for you before we take our break real quick. Hmm. Have you ever considered adopting? Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go and say it. I think, I think, oh, because I was thinking about it when I was like, okay, if I can't have kids, because I mean, I, you know, always, you know, wanted to be a dad. And I was like, if I can't have kids, I want to adopt. I don't want to do any of these. And I'm not trying to disparage people for their own choices, but it's like adoption to me always felt like the next logical, you know, Thanks, step. Right. not mess with science, not anything like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Word. Word. And in the future, I mean, you know, who knows? Might adopt in the future. Nice. Do you want to talk about adoption? Oh, I've always thought about adopting. But I, I go back and forth because part of me feels like I want to adopt like a, a kid, a small kid, a child. A human, right? You don't want to adopt no animal? Or no, I don't want to adopt. Well, I got a, I got a dog that done adopted her. But you know what I mean? Like, I want to adopt, like, uh, a baby. Right? Part of me is like I want to adopt a baby and have that whole process. Because there is something magical about seeing the world anew through a child's eyes and having them learn things and take things and be wild by things. But the other part of me wants to go ahead and adopt, like, a 13, 14, 15-year-old and just be like, hey, you ain't got to call me dad. You ain't got to do any of that stuff. Just know that you have a place to go. You have someone who's looking out for you after you graduate and you're, you know, like you're out there in the world. You're not running around this world by yourself and to whatever degree that you need help or you want a family, you have the option of it being here. But like, I'm dedicating myself to your development as a human. Sweet. But I'd make him yeah. call you dad. I wouldn't make, I'm not that old. If they're, if that, if that, <laughs> if they're that old, if they're that old, I'd be like, make the choice, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, real quick, just so everyone knows, just so that they're not sad, they will be sad. We will not have trivia this episode for Jordan has pissed Kim off. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Kim she has left. to work. Uh, yeah. Kim, Kim has to work. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's not available for this episode. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, give TJ a little bit of a break. You know what I mean? Oh, is that what stomping on him. Yeah, um, you know what? Been, just for that, been, just for that, I'm gonna put this out here in the universe. I'm gonna put out here in the universe. Listen here, listeners. Our first episode of of this of the spooktacular. I'm bringing in a W. I have to. I have to just to shut them up and watch. When that happens, I'm not even gonna gloat about it. I'll be like, cool, got the W. I just hope you accept your L like a real winner, Jordan. I hope that's what you do. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, 
if you do win the first episode of Spooktacular One, I'll be I'll be happy, and then I'll also be like, there is a chance, you know. Make make this make this a game. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're trying to. I'm I'm over here trying to play poker, not solitaire. You know what I mean? Let's make this. Oh, let's make this a game. Oh, yeah. okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. I think it's time. I think for me to go ahead and get my beverage <laughs> and prepare to talk about Stuart Little, the 1999 film starring Michael J. Fox. Now, somebody wants to use card analogies to hurt my feelings, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I'm gonna let you have that. That's gonna be something you have. I love you. I care about you. Love I'm you here for you. But just now, I'm coming for that ass. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Unless uh, unless you're at an adoption agency, go ahead and join us. <laughs> what are you listening to? Crack one These two motherfuckers just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all back here. <clears throat> all right. Bye. And we are back, Jordan. How's your trip to get your drink? Uh, you know, I hopped in my little red car and uh, drove over there. Um, yeah. It was more eventful than this movie. Uh, how was yours? Uh, it was uh, boring, to be honest with you. It was quite boring. Yeah. Um, very much like this film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're spicing it up because we are not. Well, I mean, I, I'm double fisting. I'm just going to say. So I got a silver bullet, but I got a tall silver bullet. So I got a, I got a, a tall bullet Coors Light. And I got uh, one finger of what whiskey is this? It's the whiskey and the decanter that you got me. Wild turkey. It's wild turkey still in Ooh. my uh, tumbler. And this is the tumbler that Kim made on her channel, Kim Pins. Even though she's not here, she's here in spirit. Uh, so everyone check out Kim Pins, K-I-M-P-I-N-S uh, on YouTube. Uh, she made, it's the Mandalorian whiskey tumbler. And this is the the Mudhorn. Is that what it is? Is that what mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I got. What about you? What do you got? So, uh, since I have to do plow in this movie, and I hate it. And I don't think it's worth a beer, but I need to get through it. So I have myself this whiskey that's been sitting in my decanter for a long time. But this whiskey, the reason it's been sitting in my decanter for a long time is because it's caramel-flavored whiskey, because I was being weird one day. Um, and so I am trying my damnedest to get through it. Just like I'm going to be trying my damnedest to get through this episode. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks. I figured Cheers, that buddy. it matched. Cheers to the whiskey. Mm-hmm. By the way, it looks like um, a whiskey, Jordan. I don't. It's because I had ice. to water it down because it's too mm-hmm. sweet. Well, I never fucked with the flavored whiskeys. Jack, uh, uh, Jack Daniels has that apple whiskey. That, that apple whiskey is good. Try. Honey whiskey is good. Really? I've heard that there's this peanut butter whiskey out there that's delicious. I don't know. Well, like I've had whiskeys that have like a peanut buttery taste to them. Like Larceny has like that peanut buttery, you know what I mean? Like taste. Which, but it didn't which by the way, thank you so butter. much for turning me on to Larceny. It's good, ain't it? It's delicious. Um, but yeah, that, that apple whiskey, I always look at that and I'm like, one day, one yeah. day, girl. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh God. Okay. This explains a lot. Um, what? I just looked at who who wrote the screenplay. Who wrote it? M. Night Shyamalan. That's right. I forgot that until just now. I remember. Uh, I remember. Um, 
reading his name on the opening credit. What the fuck is he doing writing this? This is 99. So this came out the same year Sixth Sense did. I don't know. But, okay, so let's talk about budget real quick. This film is projected to have a one. Uh, 105 to 133 million dollar budget. Guess how much they made in box office sales? What were they? Wait, there was projected to have a what budget? It was again? it was between 105 and 133 million. 105, 100. Okay, and what was what was the budget? That was the budget. Oh, guess, guess how much they made? Oh, sorry, I thought you were saying project. You said projected. I was thinking for some reason. Well, there's a range. So. Okay. Uh, sure. Two fifteen, three hundred million. Oh, damn. Okay, right. So, uh, yes, yes, um, yeah. So this this film was released December seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. So it was a Christmas film. Uh, it received positive reviews. It got uh, it was nominated for. Uh, you know, that's, comment, that's a that's a really good day and a yeah, good year. It December seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. Sounds just like a rolls sound, off the tongue. Sounds like a local vet now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my best friend Stu. Okay. <clears throat> yes, yes, I am. Uh, so uh, the thing is that these these so it was nominated for best visual effects. That year at the, at the Oscars, losing to The Matrix. Uh, this is actually the first film in a series. And there were, there was Stuart Little, and then Stuart Little 2 came out in 2002, which is a very quick turnaround, which you know means it was probably crap. Then there was a uh, very short lived television series in 2003. And, was uh, it really? Yes. And then in 2005, there was a direct to video movie, Stuart Little 3, Call of the Wild. Um, yeah, really quick, kind of going back to this visual effects thing. I love the Matrix, like the first one. I don't really like the sequels, but like the the first Matrix is like one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's a long list, but it's 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 up there. Um, I bet when that movie came out, every like why was there even other nominees in that category that year? Like you that movie, to. that movie changed the game, and I bet. Like when that came out, the visual artists on this movie and what other fucking movies were nominated, they were all like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like that, that movie. I always changed. wonder about that. Like if you if you're in if you're in the lab working on a film for like two, three years, right? And this shit hit, you're like, Yeah, 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 this shit dope, this shit dope. And you see something like like to me, it's like the the idea of the year this is the only year that I was like, if this film doesn't win best film, the Oscars are fucking rigged head to toe. And it was the year that Birdman came out. Yeah. And I remember seeing Birdman and being like, I bet you every other cinematographer in the fucking world is like, fuck. And you know that Birdman changed the game because Christopher Nolan was like, I got to get in on this. You know, I got to get in on these long shots. Single takes. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I, I, I think Birdman's great. And honestly, that single take, like 1917, um, is the only it's a war film. It's like a single take war film. It's not a single take, but it's edited to look like it's a single take. Um, much like Birdman. Um, it's one of the best, and it's the, it's one of the best war films I've seen. And it's the only war film that I have on the uh, 4k. So when mm-hmm. I got the PS five, I was like, I want to get a 4k Blu-ray. And that was the one I got. And it is 
fucking insane watching that. Um, dope. Dope. Have you messed with that 4K stuff yet? I do sometimes. Every once in a while. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's because the Matrix, the Matrix came out in what, like March? Was it March or May? One of those M months in, in 99. And this movie came out in December. I wonder if the visual artists of this movie went, they're like counting the hairs on Stuart Little's head or whatever. No, they you, had, know what I mean? you know, at that point, they had to be just head down, you know. And it came out uh, March 31st. Okay. So, like, they probably went and saw that and then came back to the studio. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they got us. They got us. But yeah, so Stuart Little, yeah, uh, uh, written by M Night Shyamalan. Um, Shyamalan, Shyamalan, <laughs> Terrible. You see how um, your shit starts? Okay. I see how it is. I see how it is. I see what I did to the world. Um, but uh, the movie starts with Eleanor and Frederick Little, and uh, uh, they are looking to adopt an, uh, another child. They have a child. His name is George. And George is like, it's today. It's today. You're going to go to the adoption agency today because, you know, that's exactly how adoption works. You just walk on down there and you say, give me that one, wrap them in paper, send them with me. Uh, yeah, it's George buying like, children. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. George is all like, I'm going to go to school. And when I come back, I'll have a brother, which I'm like, cool. You know, either someone lied to you about the stork or this is just the most efficient and non-give-fuckery adoption system in the entire world. Um, although I wonder how much of that is based on, like, old-timey adoption agencies. Because this book was written in 45. How much of this is, like, you know, not, this book was written in 1945. So how much of this is, like, you know, in the 1920s, you really could just walk in and snatch a child? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is back at a time when they were putting kids, like, out front, like this kid's too ugly. Someone take him, you know? I mean, I think, yeah, they yeah. were, you go, you go into a Sam's club in 1946, you buy a tractor, they throw in a kid for free. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that ain't some witcher ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, here they are. They roll into the adoption agency. They are instantly overwhelmed by all the children, right? They're like, Oh my God, how do we pick one? And there's Stuart. Reading a book, he's like, "Oh yeah, well that one over there is like beams, sunshine." Michael J. Fox charming ass voice. Yeah, Michael J. Fox's voice is super charming as a mouse. There are few, there are few actors, TJ, that like I want to hug their voice. I don't want to hug them. I want to hug their voice, their sound waves. Michael J. Fox is one of them. Okay, I mean that's weird, but I know it's weird, but like. You understand, like, Back to the Future, this, even in Mars Attacks, some of Michael J. Fox's voice. I, I think he's got a really good voice. Well, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I wouldn't hug his voice, but you're right. Um, like you, I mean, you can't hug a voice, but, like, if you could hug a voice. I still wouldn't do it. I just want to feel weird like, and shake your body. Right? Just feel like, like this the whole time. Yeah. It'd be strange. Um, I bet it's like laying on a sleep number bed, hugging his voice, you know. Okay. It's like hugging Idris Elba's voice. I'm going to stop. Or Morgan Freeman's voice. Okay, I'm going to stop romanticizing these voices of grown men. And and so, either way, uh, they pick Stuart because they're like, oh, you know what? We want you because you're so nice and everything like that. And no one's ever given you a home because Stuart's like, they're like, how do you know so much about these kids? He's like, oh, well, you should know a lot about people when you've been here as long as I have. And I'm like, golly, lay it on thick, my dude. 
Um, but uh, they bring Stuart home. Stuart is instantly scooped up and uh, put and eaten up by S- Snowbell, their cat, which who then spits them out. And then when George comes home, George is like, this is a G-dang mouse. And they're like, yeah, we know. And he's like, all right, I'm busy. And like just rolls out. And George, let's talk about something real quick. I can see some M. Night Shyamalan spice on this because George is vicious. George, everybody, everybody. George is savage to Stuart. And I mean just straight savage. So the next scene, they're at dinner. And <laughs> they're like, hey, uh, why don't we get to know each other? George, do you have any questions for Stuart? And he says, can you pass the gravy? Not in like the, hey, pass the gravy, but like, are you physically capable of doing this basic thing of passing this gravy boat, you small ass motherfucker? Like, that's the way the, <laughs> the line came across. And I was just like, oh, shit. Um, and so, and then uh, they touched Stuart in a night and then Snowbell, voiced by Nathan Lane, which, okay, here's, here's the debate I have for you. Who is the better voice actor in this movie? Michael J. Fox or Nathan Lane? Oh, Nathan Lane's a better voice actor, but Michael J. Fox has a better voice. Yeah, Nathan Lane, the way, so Nathan Lane plays Snowbell, the cat who Stuart can magically talk to because he's a mouse, uh, although he can talk to humans too, it's, it's confusing. Um, but the amazing thing about Nathan Lane's portrayal of Snowbell is that it comes across as if Nathan Lane is making every line up on the spot. Like it feels mm-hmm. so natural in no, the situations. And, and, and if I may, sir, um, there are two actors who just their sheer presence makes me laugh. And that's Nathan Lane and Martin Short. Okay. Those two actors, uh, they're just so fun. And, and I know we've done, I know we did Willoughby's and had Martin Short in it. Um, I can't think of a Nathan Lane movie that we've done yet. Um, so this being... Potentially our first. Have we done a Nathan Lane movie? Done so many of these things, but I know we've um, done, we've done close to seventy. We've done yeah. over seventy. I'm um, gonna go ahead and say I think this is our first Nathan Lane movie. Although at, at some least, point I want to fuck with that mouse hunt. Write that oh, down. I want to. I want to watch that. Well, mouse well hunt. I got to write down like your ass ain't got <laughs> no pen or paper. Like your ass is scarce of those supplies. <laughs> Did I? Do I look like? Hold on. Let me look. Do I look like your secretary? <laughs> I'm looking around. Do I have do I have uh, dictate on my forehead? Is it is it? Do you have what dictate? Dictate? Dick oh yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Did no, you say dictate? I thought you said dictate at first. I was like, <laughs> like hey, have, Jack. Like I don't do know I have anything. Penis like, adhesive to, on my forehead. <laughs> That's it. Is that the generic brand? Penis it's adhesive. Like, That's. Uh, to penis keep your penis on. Dick tape as adhesive bandages to band-aid. Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, Nathan Lane is just, it's just really, really funny. And the second that cat started talking, I was like, I was, I was laughing. Yeah. You know, I, and so it sets up this conflict where Stuart's not super accepted by George. Uh, so he's not accepted by Snowbell. Snowbell's all like, Oh yo, um, I'm not your pet. Cause I, uh, Cat can't have a can't be the pet for a mouse and all this other stuff. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious as to what time of year this is because like George doesn't go to school one day. That like they don't go to school for not nobody's business. Um, and there is this uh, interaction 
where Snowbell, uh, we find out that Snowbell is kind of like made of, made fun of by the neighborhood cats because he's like inside. He's an inside cat, right? He's an inside cat. Uh, oh yeah, and there's the scene where Stewart gets like locked in the in the washing machine, and it's not funny. Um, I don't know, uh, but he's he's been been made sick by ingesting laundry detergent. I don't know, it's weird. Um, but he's starting to feel like the outcast in the family, and he's trying to talk to Snowbell about it. Snowbell's like, shoo. Uh, but there uh, comes in another cat who uh, makes fun of Snowbell for basically having a mouse live in his house that Snowbell can't do anything about. Uh, the uh, underrated Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn, yep. Yeah. Uh, he comes in and he's all like, oh, laughing at his ass. And then, so Snowbell and Steve Zahn are like, you know what? We need to do something about this goddamn mouse. Fuck this shit, right? Uh, meanwhile, Stuart is starting to feel disconnected from the family. He tells the Littles, like, hey, I would really love to find my family, my, my real family, because something's missing. I don't think I quite fit in here. And they, they're like, ask the adoption agency, can you do that? Uh, and they're like, no. And they're like, please. And they're like, okay. Which brings me to an issue in this movie. This starts a very consecutive and predictable chain of something will be brought up in one scene and quickly resolved in the next. Um, especially after what happens next, which is Stuart goes, Stuart and George uh, bond over the building of this model ship for um, an RC ship race, which is the most rich white person thing I've ever heard. Um, they just go to the lake in the middle of the Saturday and they race their fancy RC cars, uh, RC boats. Um, and it's like a white people thing, but smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Really, <laughs> truly like George is going to grow up and go to Yale. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and not because he earned it, but because they bought his way in. But, um, <laughs> but, but here, but here they are. And he, um, there's a kid that picks on George and he's like, Oh, George, your boat is bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, oh. they're like, don't listen to him. And then George does this, this stupid thing. First off, George roasts Stuart for not being able to give him the gravy boat. And he's like, yo, Stuart, why don't you carry the RC controller? That's two times bigger than your body, my dude. And so he's like, okay. And so of course, Stuart breaks it. George is all pouty and shit. Stuart feels bad, and so Stuart hops in the boat and puts himself into mortal danger to make his brat ass of a little brother or big brother feel good, right? Yep. And then we get this like really semi-intense naval scene where the bully is like driving this boat and like running over other people's RC boats. One, why the fuck are his parents? What? Snatch him up by his little fucking cardigan wearing ass. <laughs> and be not Nam parent stopped. And okay, Jordan, let's say you and your son out there on the on the lake trying to participate in this in this boat race. Little okay. Chet over here rolls in here with his death mobile and purposefully Hit your son's boat. And his is not the first boat that it hit. It's the third boat that he hit. What the fuck do you do? Little Chet's going in the water. Thank you. 
And that damn person does anything. Right. And it's not until Stuart is put into mortal danger that George gets over his shit. He's like, he's not a mouse. He's my brother. And then he throws fisticuffs. And everyone's like, George, stop it. No. Fuck Chet. Get Chet. Mm -hmm. Fuck. No, no, George is doing what's right. Either way. Stuart fucks up Chet's boat. I don't even know if that's the kid's name. His name is Chet right now. Fucks up Chet's boat. Stuart wins. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, you're part of the family because you did something because you're successful and that you participate in this event that has no bearing on your actual value as a, as a contributing member to this family. But that's fine because we're shallow. Meanwhile, as just as Stuart is starting to, like, settle in, these two mysterious mice show up. And they're like, oh, we're Stuart's parents, right? And we're going to come take Stuart away. Sure enough, they come and they take Stuart away. You find out that Stuart's real parents had died years ago by getting crushed by cream of mushroom soup. And um, they start looking for Stuart. Also come to find out that the parents arrived at the house because Snowbell was like, yo, fuck this mouse get them out of my house. And so another, the alley cats set a uh, blackmail, these other mice to do this to Stuart and steal them away. Right. Yeah. The alley with, cats are essentially like the mafia. They are the mafia. Right. Uh, with the intention of then eating Stuart. Right. Um, and this, like, and just go find some food, man. Just why, go find why some you got to eat this? He's mouse so tiny. So too. He's so tiny. Yeah. Go find um, some. But then they do this thing where they, so the parents are like, Stuart, you are ours. They take him back home. And then the very next scene, they're like, Stuart, we lied to you. And, the, and then this becomes this like push to the end of like, here's a problem. Oh, no. Uh, Stuart's parents came. What do you mean those aren't Stuart's parents? We have to find him. Stuart arrives uh, at their house. And they're like, oh, no. Snowbell's like, the parents didn't want you here anyway. You know what? They're happy that you're gone. They're so fucking happy that you're gone. Go fuck yourself, Stuart. Right? And then Stuart's like, okay. And then Stuart leaves. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to go eat Stuart. And Snowbell's like, why you got to eat him? Snowbell's like, I guess the thing that I just said five minutes ago, I'm not going to be mean anymore. Let me stop being mean. Let me save Stuart. And then there's a scene where he saves Stuart. And it's like totally anticlimactic. And like there's just, it, it, we talked about this movie being boring. And everything I say, and I guess, I guess the way I've expressed it, you might be like, DJ, this doesn't sound like a boring movie. It's a boring movie. Because every time stakes are introduced, they're immediately cut out from under. Every single time. Every time. There's not an instance in this movie where I don't believe that they won't find Stuart, where I believe that Stuart is actually in mortal danger. There's not a moment in this movie that I think that anything terrible could possibly happen. And I understand it's a kid's movie. But hell, How to Train Your Dragon straight up killed a parent that we had known for a movie and a half at this point, right? There were no stakes. There were no stakes. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's the same storytelling problem that I think um, episode one suffers from, which watching episode one again, I will say it's not that bad of a movie. I'm talking I, about Star I, Wars? I think, yeah. But it's the same thing where it's like so much of that, of the plot is dictated by a character saying, Hey, I want to do this. And then, and then other characters saying, no, don't do that. And their character saying, but I really want to. And their character saying like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think a lot of that is, 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 is present here. Um, 
also came out the same year, which is which is true. Maybe this is something in the water with storytelling at this particular point. But yeah, I thought everything was just kind of played safe and nothing was really dwelled on. And, you know, there's there are those movies, TJ, that I think dwell too long on moments and those movies that don't let those moments breathe enough. And I think this is this movie is of that latter category. Yeah. And I actually personally feel like there's, there's an introduction of the little family. And I feel like if they had taken the like seven or eight minutes that the little family's in this movie and removed it and input some more of that tension between George and Stuart and the, more of like a attempt to win George over and stuff like that, it would have been a better movie. I didn't need all those extra people in this goddamn movie. Right. And, and I will say, Casting. This is the one area they shouldn't have cast Jonathan Lipnicki as George. They should have cast a character that, or an actor that, like audiences aren't like groomed to love. I mean, he's hot off the heels of Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Do you know how the human head weighs eight pounds? It's like everyone loved this kid. Like, if you really want to, if you really want to mess with our allegiance like that as an audience, cast a kid who's not that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, rough George up a little bit. Like, he ain't got to be this, you know, that kind of person. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm with you. It's just, he, he's such a sweet kid, right? He comes across as yeah. so approachable that his, his distaste for Stuart comes across as way too juvenile. Yeah. I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. Right. And then, it makes him giving in to liking Stuart so quickly feel like, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. of course. But okay. Uh, Snowbell saves Stuart. Stuart goes back home. They're a big, happy family. They're like, Oh my God, Stuart, don't never leave us again. I am a little. And then like Stuart's like, you know what? This feels like a happy ending from a fairy tale. And they were like, yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. And at that moment, I realized, I was like, why? There's, there's a couple times I've done this on this on this podcast. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to apologize to you, Jordan, for the suggestion of this film. Because all I could think about is like, it's a thousand and one different things he could have done in this time. And not one of them had to be watched this goddamn movie. Although, well, no, it's, this was payback. This this was not as bad as that Hansel and Gretel bullshit that you had us watch. But no, that's true. It wasn't as bad as that. But I will, and also it wasn't as annoying as Star Girl. Like it was, this movie was boring, but it didn't annoy me. Like there, there were some parts that I was like, okay, this is kind of cute. This is kind of, and like I understood why it was big for kids, right? right. I understood what? that it has talking animals. It has the, the. I will say that the the effects and the tension in the boat battle are good, but after mm-hmm. the boat battle, like as an adult, I'm looking at it like, where the fuck are this child's parents? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many problems with it. Clearly, with you know the box office numbers, and then you know people like my sister. Clearly, people dug it. You know, um, I don't know, but. Putting this out on Front Street, I mean, you know, we open with our listeners here. I mean, you know, the, we were going to do Angels in the Outfield. And then it was like we couldn't. Impossible to find. Yeah. I mean, we could rent it. But then, like, also, I just want to call out Disney here. Like, fix your shit. 
put Angels in the Outfield on Disney Plus. It's a, it's 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 a Disney movie. Like, come on, let's you know what are we paying you for? So, but uh, and then we then 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 we settle on this one. So, I mean, I'm glad I watched it, even though it was you know it was boring or whatever. But I'm glad I can now say, hey, I've seen Stuart Little. You know, um, I don't know. Are we going into ratings now? Yeah. What you what would you rate this? As boring as it was, I will say I didn't fall asleep. Um, so there's that. So that automatically gets it like a point. Um, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to give this a three out of ten. Okay. 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 It's it's boring and it's th- there's some stuff in there that, you know, okay. But uh, – it's yeah. it's below serviceable for me. I um kind of with you on that on that range. Okay, hear me out. I'm going to give this a I'm gonna give it a three out of ten as well, actually. I think that's a really fair rating for the quality of this film. And I think that the thing that is that that puts me there is the fact that I need to, I need to, there are a lot better movies about found family that exist now, right? Uh, there are a lot better movies about found family and actually put the family members themselves through trials and tribulations together as opposed to, oh my God, he went, he went away and now we have to find him, right? Because like the littles gave up on Stuart far too easily. They're like, but they're his parents, right? That's like, Where's that expressed love of like, no, I know he, he needs, like, there's none of that, right? And we've seen that in movies since then. And so because of that, I think that that is, that is a very fair rating. It's very fair rating. All right. Hey. That's Stuart Little. That's Stuart Little! Ah! That being said, Jordan, would you show this to your children? Okay. I mean, if 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 anyone ever asked to watch it, I mean, you ain't gonna yeah, stop them. Okay, but here's the thing, man. Like, so my daughter, uh, it's another one that that I want to do. She's all into Cruella right now because that just that just hit Disney Plus. So she's like, she's into these. Like, I mean, she's seven, but like, I mean, she's getting into these like darker. Things. That movie's what PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's some stuff. Do you watch that movie yet? I haven't. There's some stuff that happens in that movie where it's like, whoa, you know, um, I think this would bore her. Mm-hmm. And then my son, you know, he's all into, you know, dinosaurs and cars and, and robots. you know, yeah, robots and aliens and space. So it's like I there for my kids personally, there's nothing here for them. You mean there's not rich Ivy League boat racing? They're not they're not like into that? No, I don't like that. They're not like that. What are your kids doing? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think that I would ever be like, you know, what movie we need to watch right now, family? Stuart Little. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. Well, hey, hey, Jordan. You know what next week is? Oh, I know what it is, but I want to hear you say it. It is the second day. Spooktacular. One. Two. Three. 
But yeah, that's what it is. And so we are. Did you just count to three? I, was there like more to that? I mean, I can count, but I don't want. <laughs> fuck you want for me? Shit. <laughs> Shit. I can't do nothing right with you. I am so. I am so excited. Like, bro, we're entering. Bro, it is. It is. 2021 coming up towards the tail end of 2021 and what you know once halloween hit then it's thanksgiving it's all, christmas it's all and downhill. It's, it so it is crazy yeah so so excited for spooktacular you're probably walking out right now you see some halloween decorations here and there halloween candy starting to come out reese just came out with them franken cups you seen those franken cups i have chocolate on the bottom green on the bottom or chocolate on the top green on the bottom um yeah so spooky season is upon us and uh, spooky season we got some pretty cool ones uh pretty cool movies planned for you guys for the spooktaculars we sure do we surely do and we hope that you come back here and hey you know in the meantime until you come back here for spooktacular ah 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 one ah 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 two ah ah three ah 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 i did the three just for you uh (laughs) know that uh we love y'all and we hope that you continue to reach out with us and uh you know Participate with us. You can reach us on our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Twitter. You can also leave us a message by clicking leave a message in the show notes, which will then take you to our anchor.fm page where you can hit leave a message. You can record a voicemail. Hey, you know what? We already have Spooktacular planned out, but what we are looking for from you are suggestions about Christmas movies that your family loves, that y'all watch all the time. All them jams. And we ain't talking about like Miracle on 31st Street or whatever the hell it is. Like we ain't talking about that. We talking about some some bangers that are like in the canon, right? Ready to go, ready to rumble. That y'all like, you know what? My family really loves um Trolls Family Christmas. I don't know. I don't know even I don't even know if that's a film. If it's not, it needs to be a film, right? We need a Trolls holiday film stat, right? Because since the Trolls World Tour talked about appropriation of songs, let's talk about the appropriation of holidays. Let's talk about that shit. Let's talk about the fact that people all over the world celebrate different stuff. Let's, let's do that. I don't know why I'm getting so hyped. It's this caramel whiskey. That's what it is. The um, whiskey's got you excited, bro. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got me whiskey-wise. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing. I just made it up. I'm going to make that a thing. Uh, but so that's what we are looking um, for from y'all. Some feedback on what Christmas movies y'all think we should watch uh also as we get into the spoopy season that means we're also getting into like the hey family hangout season and stuff like that we want y'all to see your peeps we want y'all to hang out we hope that you're all vaccinated we want y'all to be safe we want y'all to take care of each other we want y'all to stay crispy stay crispy y'all and we 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 gonna catch you next time jordan i got i got a question for you i got a question for you (laughs) if you could be a mouse in any city, what city would it be? Las Vegas. Tell me why. So I can be a town mouse and a country mouse at the same time. Boy, if you don't go away with that bullshit. <laughs> so I can be a town mouse in it. What? How you gonna be a country? You're gonna be a desert mouse. You're gonna be a hot food. What about you? Oh, if I had to be a mouse in any city. Uh, you know what? Seattle. Man, I knew your emo ass would say some shit. No, I was going to say Seattle. Because it's full of, of hipsters who don't want to kill people or things, so I can make it. Think of all the vegans mm. out there. 
It rains like a son of a bitch in Seattle. It sure does. Gives me more reason to be inside. Okay. But like, but if you're a mouse, I mean, I didn't say I was no dumb mouse. I'm being inside some, some, some hipster's house. So are you going to have like, but are you going to, are you a talking mouse in this example? Oh yeah. No, those people talk to me. Shit. Oh, okay. Those people. Well, I mean, if you said, okay, you didn't say if you can be a talking mouse in any city. Cause no, you asked if things. I talked, I said, yes. <laughs> okay. But I mean, if I can be a talking mouse in any city, I'd be a talking mouse, uh, I don't know, in Jerusalem, so I can, like, fix everything. <laughs> I no, think I people mean, would listen to a talking mouse. Boy, if you don't go away, they, <laughs> they ain't listening to God himself, and you're like, my little road nance. For, for real, imagine you're watching, you know, something, I don't know, and a mouse just comes on the little press box. Guy's a little tiny he microphone, says, hey, and he's like, peace, hey, everybody. Y'all should cut the shit. Just cut the shit. (laughs) (laughs) This motherfucker said, I'll be a mouse in the Holy Land because I can stop generations of genocide. I'd be like, find me microphones. Hey, cut the shit. And then that's it. Everything, everything, everything would be fine. (laughs) Newsflash. The rodents of Jerusalem are uprising. (laughs) That's what I mean, Stuart Little man. Like he's he's too busy fucking around with boat races and stuff. It's like, bro, change you're the world, talking mouse that dude. people understand. Yeah, change go, the world, my dude. Be the change, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking can't with you. <laughs> I fucking can't. Be the goddamn change. <laughs> <laughs> this mouse ain't got nobody's clothes. He has to get dressed yeah, up the kid dolls. He's talking about being the goddamn change. If you, you know what? Bye. Shit. Boy, bye. Yeah. bye. I came with you. I'm talking about go to Jerusalem. <laughs> Shit. Why don't you talk to fucking anybody else? Literally anybody else. But you're talking about go. How your ass gonna get there? How you getting there? What plane go? What? Oh, you just gonna hey. talk your way onto a hey. plane, too. Ain't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Grown Men Watch Kid Shit is a Moon Street Media podcast. Intro and outro music was created by MPC. We are proud members of the Outlet Productions Podcast Network. Want to find us online? Check out our social media links in the show notes.